2: Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast.
3: Welcome, everyone, to the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Trainer. Thanks for listening. Today, we complete our two-part year-end special roundtable with Peter Schrager from NFL Network and Fox Sports and Andrew Perloff from the Dan Patrick Show. We recapped a lot of uh, pop culture uh, highs and lows Last week, during Christmas week, if you missed that, this week we're going to get into a lot of sports media topics and a lot of uh, 2020 highlights and lowlights, last dance, uh, announcers we got into this year, and a bunch of, you know, dealing with the pandemic, so it's a good episode here, last one of 2020, want to thank everybody for listening, really appreciate it, if you are not a subscriber, if you can subscribe, that helps tremendously, and again, if you missed last week, part one with Schrager and Proloff, check that out. Let's get right now to part two of a special year-end SI Media Podcast Roundtable covering the year in sports media and pop culture with Peter Schrager and Andrew Perloff. All right. Welcome to the SI Media Podcast. Joining me, same crew as last week, we uh, did a little pop culture media uh, discussion last week going into Christmas, now going into New Year's. Peter Schrager from Good Morning Football, Andrew Parloff back for a little sports media roundup twenty twenty. Is so, this our awards um, episode, Jimmy? Awards and sports media chatter. Okay, Jimmy, can you yeah. take people behind the scenes about the debate we had yesterday? <laughs> uh, Schrager thinks this is his podcast. Basically, go on. What's <laughs> <him called. laughs> Yeah. There's a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Like you guys may be like, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can't, you might be shocked they are in the same clothes as last week. (laughs) Like everything here is just, it's wild. But, um, I wanted to talk about some sports media stuff, do like a year in review thing. Yep. But Traeger does work for NFL network and Fox. So we, you know, his objectivity could be a little bit skewed. Perloff works for the Dan Patrick show. So he may come out and like bash every other radio show in America, so you know you, we got to walk a fine line here, but you guys know where they work. So take everything for what it is, and I'm just gonna talk about some things. Timeout,
4: Andrew. Can I can I add in some some color on this? Please. Um, Test chain text chain comes out, and we politely ask if we're reviewing the entire year in sports media. Can we kind of get some ideas what we want to talk about so we can kind of be prepared? And it was all, like, things that Jimmy was interested in that I don't give a shit about. Like, Eli Manning joined Twitter. I'm like, Jimmy, that's not a thing. No one cares. No,
3: but that was not going to be a single topic. What I was going to say, like, here, I'll do an example of what I wanted this to be, okay? (laughs) So this is what I wanted to do with these guys, okay? Um, I was going to say, all right, Peter, Andrew, it's been, like, a crazy year in uh, sports media for some things. Let me ask you. I'm going to give you – I'm going to give you a bunch of sports media stories. You tell me which one you enjoyed the most or your favorite.
4: Oh, like a rapid fire.
3: Did you enjoy Eli Manning joining Twitter? Everyone going crazy about Eli joining. And then it turned out to be the biggest bust ever. Cause all he did was promote products. Tom Brady interview on how it's two plus hours. Uh, Patrick Mahomes signs the biggest contract in NFL history. The story was broken by someone who works in a liquor store. That was a good story. Or a guy suing the NFL because he thought the J-Lo Shakira halftime show was porn. Which of those sports media stories did you enjoy? That was how I was going to do it. So if you didn't want to talk about Eli, you didn't have to. That's funny. If you had exactly. one of the if you wanted to comment on those stories, then the floor is open for you to comment.
5: But Jimmy, I read your column today on sportsillustrated.com and it was exactly
3: those topics. Well, that's why, but I wanted to have you guys weigh in with your opinions on those
4: topics. I mean, the next thing you're going to ask me, my thoughts on the Tiger King, like who cares? Come on, let's, let's talk about what stuff we care about. Let's go. Well, no,
3: but it wasn't going to be talk about Tiger King. It was going to be, was Tiger King, did, if you had to pick one going back now, what did you enjoy more? Tiger King or The Last Dance? Because those were the two biggest shows yeah. of the pandemic.
4: Yeah, I mean, the la- let, let's just jump right into this because Last Dance is a big piece of what I got for this year. As so far go, as, oh, go
3: ahead, go ahead.
4: I thought Last Dance was the greatest thing we've ever seen on sports TV, man. <laughs> and and I, I swear to God, I love that thing so much. I look forward to it on Sundays like I used to look forward to, you know, Saturday Night Live as a kid or whatever else it was. Like I, I can't tell you how much I enjoyed those six episodes and what that represented and how much it was needed at the timing when they put that out there in late March and early April, like, gosh, they I needed it, yeah. that. So I thought the storytelling, whatever, in the moment, I think I was like, well, I'd like to hear from Craig Hodges. Who the fuck cares about Craig Hodges? In, in hindsight, I absolutely loved it. Yeah. And I cherished it. I thought it was so good. So to me, that was the winner of all sports media this year. The last now, dance, that thing before, was a savior.
3: Now, before I go to Perloff, this is a perfect example of, I know what I'm doing because in those sports media awards that you mocked, Andrew, I said the media event of the year was the last dance. And now here's Peter orgasming over the last dance. So this was how I envisioned the pod and it's going the way I wanted it. Despite you two texting me and harassing me, basically trying to take over the pod and put your own categories in there. Now, everything Peter said about the last dance was correct. It was the sports media event of the year. ESPN rushed it. Good job. They needed it during the pandemic. There were no sports going on. My only issue with the last dance is what I wrote. Like there was a little too much of like um, Jordan treated his teammates like shit in practice. And that's why they were good. No, they were good because Jordan and Pippen were the two best players in the NBA. Everything else about the last dance was tremendous. Pearl off the floor is yours.
5: Okay. I did not rip your media column. It was really entertaining and good. Let the people judge. I just already read that outline the day before when you said it as if you were preparing those topics for the podcast, when in reality, you were preparing them for your column. For both. And then Peter just made a suggestion. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, okay, well, I guess it's your podcast. It was just a suggestion. And you got so sensitive. You're like, I'm not sensitive. Why doesn't Peter just host it? Just come on and
3: answer the questions.
5: So Peter basically just summed up the last day so eloquently that there's nothing on earth I could possibly say, except that I love... That you know, we I'm on a daily radio show. Like we needed a topic. Oh my god! So it's like we had Michael Jordan in the '90s as a topic. It saved three months of our lives when there was no sports at all. It was a godsend, and I agree. And although, uh, and I do disagree a little thing. Those guys won because they had Jordan, not Jordan and Pippin. Oh, mm. hot day there.
3: There's, there's the against the grain. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, they, you you're right. They
5: didn't win because he punched Steve Kerr in the I, face. You know,
3: I, I don't know if Shriggs know this. I got to. I don't know if we've ever discussed this at one of our dinners. You know, Perloff does this against the grain podcast. I, when we worked together at si.com a hundred years ago, I started like one of those, um, like WordPress blogs. <laughs> After one of Proloff's hot takes one day in the office, and you're the football expert and you know more about football than anyone. So I'm going to tell you what Proloff said and get your natural reaction. Okay. Again, keep in mind, this is 100 years. a year. This is like 2000, basically. Yeah. 2006, maybe? 2000, yeah, yeah. 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 2005. Yeah, yeah, 2005. 2006. He makes a statement that Ladanian Tomlinson is not, not a good running back because all he does is run seven yards and fall down. <laughs> So I named the blog run seven yards and falls down. And oh, I kept track great. of all of Proloff's bad hot takes.
5: I did not say he was a, not a good running back. I just said he wasn't. All he does is run eight yards and fall down. You know, in Madden, when you can like dive with your runner a little bit. And yeah, you can get either, the extra yard. Like, yeah, you end the, but you're ending the run. <laughs> that's LT. And I, look, I had stats to back it up. Adrian Peterson has a million 70-yard runs. LaDainian Tomlinson did not. He went eight yards and fell down. My think- only
4: point. Go ahead. I think that's the 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 fun part about it. Like you could debate Peterson versus Tomlinson and make that argument, but in a vacuum, that's the dumbest thing you ever heard, right? No, 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 no.
5: Because uh, my Tom Brady takes mm-hmm. were way dumber. That's what I was actually famous for. Is
4: there the- a take that you were so stuck to and so hell bent yeah. on that you couldn't maneuver out of, and you kind of like have to like, like for example, to start the year, I was like. I don't know, man. I've been down the Buffalo Bills hype machine. I roll my eyes at the guys jumping on the tables and I'm like, win a big game before I got to do this whole thing about how sweet and sentimental this, this Bill's fan base is. And then they became the best team in football. And I have to openly admit on air, I'm like, this team's really good and their fan base is great. And it's kind of like, I got to get, but is there any time where you just are so tied to a take that like, you can't get off of it?
5: Well, for me, it's it's always been the Andy Dalton Bengals. I picked for the Super Bowl like three years in a row. I remember that one really good year. Oh, I was on fire that year. Uh-uh. They were like nine and zero, mm-hmm. and then he hurt his thumb as he tried to tackle a guy after an interception. Uh, so that Dalton has always been my take two. But I've been there. You know, I have won. Actually, my most famous cold take, old take, expose, is it's so dumb. But in the 2011 draft, the uh, Panthers drafted Luke Kuechly, and I said, "Oh my God, what kind of dumb team takes a linebacker this high? There's no way he's going to be a special player for them." And old take exposed leads off every draft with that thing. <laughs> <laughs> you
3: guys was a, Luke Kuechly, the dumbest it.
5: pick ever. Yeah. Oh, jeez,
3: that is tremendous. Now let let, let the record show. This whole discussion about bad hot takes is because Perloff said the Bulls won because of Jordan, not Jordan and Pippen. And as we were talking about the last dance, (laughs) the other issue I had with the last dance is not an issue. I shouldn't say I had an issue. Um, When I watched the last dance, I had one thought in my head every single minute watching that is imagine Jordan in this twitter cell phone era it's a whole different career because he looked like he couldn't handle the media back then which was basically a bunch of pussycats compared to now so i thought that was interesting.
4: i don't know they they had some of those sam smith articles where he was yeah. openly reporting on him going gambling and like yeah. i don't know if, yeah, well, I, you look at the media now thing. jimmy lebron james on espn it doesn't seem like they're actually coming out with knives my friend
3: why he's the Best player in the league and has won five titles. Why would they come out with knives?
4: It, 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 let's, it, it seems like LeBron sets the tone in the conversation in a lot of the Because he's the best, best player in the James. league.
3: All right. Uh,
5: man. What? Well, well, go ahead. Give you an uh, NBA. LeBron. You know. No, no, no. LeBron just – everybody's blood pressure rises around LeBron, which actually, by the way, was – that was the B topic – Around Jordan was is LeBron challenging Jordan? Like it became like the next well, thing right. right after the Jordan documentary, which makes sense. But this is why
3: this is why this is all stupid because the reality is Jordan is one and LeBron's two, and that's somehow a knock that LeBron's two. Like how is I don't that? Think a LeBron, knock? I
4: don't think LeBron believes that, and that's he funny.
3: I, there's a lot of people who don't. I'm saying for me, I'm saying most people think it's Jordan one, LeBron two, LeBron two. So if he's two, how's that a knock? How's that a way to? I mean, listen, if people want to say that he has not had one of the top careers in the history of any athlete, then they're not paying attention. I mean, to use him as being second behind Jordan as a knock is insanity.
4: I don't, I mean, I'm going to bring it to sports media. If you were to tell Dan Patrick that Colin Coward is number one and Dan Patrick's number two, and that's fine. Number two is fine. I think Dan would be outraged.
3: uh, Yeah. I would expect LeBron to think he's number one, but I'm talking about for everyone else outside of LeBron.
4: But it's not unanimous because there's a whole generation that is 20 years younger than us that believe LeBron is better than Jordan.
3: Yeah, they're fine yeah, because they didn't see Jordan. So that's fine. They're like allo- my point is you're allowed to say LeBron is one, you're allowed to say LeBron is two, and if you say LeBron is two, that's not an insult.
4: You know what like, I people loved use about- that as an insult. You know what I loved about the last dance? I watched it with my wife and she was aware of the NBA and like she got really into it and she was asking about Gary Payton and she got, you know, what's up with this, with the Cavs? Like, uh, so Craig Elo was his great defender. I'm like, not really. Like kind of <laughs> glamorize that a little bit. Like, I don't know, Gerald Wilkins and Ron Harper weren't exactly, you know, Jordan stoppers either, but, uh, it was, it felt like it was universal and everyone was watching it. It's so the less, not- not just females or my wife, but like everyone mm-hmm. was watching it. It felt like a national event, which was so cool.
3: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And because there was no sports going on at that time and it was needed. Did you guys though feel old watching it? Cause I remember yeah. like, I remember the reaction on Twitter. Like so many people were like just finding out about like Dennis Rodman's antics for the first time. And I remember whether I was in high school, college, I don't even remember, but Man, like come on. Dennis Rodman, wearing the wedding dress, Dennis Rodman dating Madonna. Like that was like, that was like 24-hour news cycle stuff. And the fact that people don't remember that or didn't know that, I was like, oh, my God, I'm just an old bastard at this point. Yeah.
5: Oh, do you ever see those videos where they interview, like, the guys in the national title game and say, do you remember this player? And it's yeah. like, like a guy from 2008. And they're like, I'm, I've never heard of Ladanian Tomlinson. You know, they don't even know Jordan is a player. They know him as a uh, clothing guy. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah.
5: That's true. So yeah, we're, we're old. There's no doubt about it. No doubt I mean, I like yeah. the-
4: I yeah. see it every day with the NFL, like, you know, and it's even people that you would think of, like, they don't know John Madden coached football. They don't know yeah. John Madden broadcasted football. Right. They know right. John Madden as a video game, you know, and as an idea. Let me you ask know you what? What?
5: Go ahead. I like the clothes in the Jordan documentary too, because yeah, yeah. I always thought the 90s was, like, kind of cool, like, but the 90s was more like a Theo Huxtable shirt era than I remember. But it was cool. It was kind of 80s, like – that was like, really struck me how the nineties like, were the kind of eighties. I
3: love the pro off
4: takes
5: <laughs> yeah. like the suits were huge. Like they yeah. were like gigantic Jordan and Jordan's suit pants would come up to like right above his belly button. Did anything come? Did
4: anything come close to the feeling of that being the thing of the year in sports media?
3: I don't think anything did, but I did want to ask you guys, are there, were there any other sports related shows that you got into, that you looked at differently. I mean, I have to say, um, you know, I, I think having that lull there in the middle of the year where there were no sports, I mean, that was hard. That was yeah. really hard. But I did get into some of the older I You know, they ran a couple of old games from the yep. 80s on MLB Network that I got into. NFL Network ran, a, I think there was like a Patriot Dolphin game from the 80s. Yep. They didn't, I thought they, I thought all the networks, I don't want to knock your network, but I thought all of them, MLB, NFL, they all dropped the ball by showing way, ASPN especially. They showed way too much recent stuff instead of dipping into the 80s. And I guess there's rights issues and I've heard there was mm. issues with like the tapes, the tapes yeah, don't hold SD host, you know? versus
4: HD, sure.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like for me, I'll give me a, like, give me any random Houston Oilers uh, Cincinnati Bengals 1984 Warren Moon run and shoot from the Astrodome over in in standard def over high def uh, Chiefs Rams from two years ago on ESPN
4: like it's not even an issue I'm with you hundred percent. I think NBA TV does the best job with that. They have this yeah. archive. They play it. And oh,
3: it's the best.
4: It's so good. And you'll watch and you are be like, Oh, 1990 jazz Sonics. I don't know the ending. I do know. So Threets on the court. And I do know that, uh, Dale <laughs> Ellis is bombing, but, um, Simmons actually did something with, uh, I forget who even you know, was called the rewatch of bulls. And they would go back and watch some of those bulls yeah. games. And then just do full hour long podcast after they watched the bulls with Jordan. And it's like, That's so next level. It's You're asking me to watch a game again and then to go listen to a podcast about a game that happened 30 years ago. And sure enough, in the pandemic, I was like, I got nothing else to do. I'll watch this game. And then I'd find it on YouTube. And then I'd listen to the podcast. And it was great.
5: But then I got tired of old games. About a month in, Mm -hmm. I couldn't do it anymore. Did you guys get fatigue on this? Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
3: You needed real sports at that point. It was getting
5: was
4: baseball when it finally came back on. Did you feel like that was it felt normal to me? It was Mm. so hard to like feel like it was baseball without the fans.
3: I thought it was a I got into a a big fight with Chris Russo on this podcast two weeks ago because I said the baseball season was not legit. He thinks it's legit. So you could go back and listen to that if you want. I just if your regular season is 162 games and you play 60 and you're playing in neutral stadiums, which doesn't happen in a normal year. Uh, it's not a real season, as far as I'm concerned. I, got, but, I mean, listen, I watched the Yankees, but I never really took the season seriously. I did think one thing. It was crazy. And Peter, this
5: is a shot of your uh, league a little bit. The NFL draft going on time shocked me. I was like, there is no way. I was shocked Be- too. People got to realize nothing in the country was happening in April. And the NFL's like, all right, let's go. And I got to tell you, I they was pulled thrilled. it off
3: well, though. They pulled oh, it off was well.
4: So much fun content. Yeah. And I was like, thank God they're doing this. Yeah. I was going to say that was my. You know breakout or like trend like i the nfl makes a lot of money and does a lot of great stuff in the local towns that they have the draft whether it be philadelphia or nashville and it's a cool experience but my gosh was that thursday night not awesome going into the coaches living rooms and seeing their families and seeing all that and then <laughs> having goodell who typically is shirt and tie suit very you know robotic sitting on a on a lounge chair in his basement eating m&ms like i think it actually did a lot for the NFL is like softening the league image, but also was cool to see Mike Vrabel's living room. And it was cool to see Bella check up in Nantucket with a dog. Like <laughs> it was different. I loved it.
3: it. They pulled it off really, really well. They really did. got to give them credit for that. Um, was there besides the Dan Patrick show, obviously, and besides good morning football, is there, is there a radio, a sports radio show or a sports podcast you gravitated to? got turned on to enjoyed this year in 2020. I know for me, when I was working in the city in Manhattan at the SI.com offices, I wasn't able to listen to FAN a lot mm-hmm. because I'm at my desk. I have headphones on. Um, but I have to say being home, I, I got it. You know, Howard, I, I listen to Howard every day, but Howard's only on Monday, Wednesday, Tuesday, I mean, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. What did I just say? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, which <laughs> is the sweetest deal in all of media. Oh um, yeah. Guys on three days a week, makes all that money. So I started to get into like Boomer and Geo on WFAN, which I had really not listened to before. And um a little bit of Moose and Maggie, Mark Malousis, Maggie Gray, shout out to them. So I got like back into FAN a little bit, like in the mornings during the day on like Tuesdays and Thursdays was when Howard wasn't on. So um I sort of got into that and uh
4: how did I've local always... sports talk radio do during this? Was it still the manic energy or was it well? Like I
3: you know during the pandemic it was a lot of like non sports i didn't listen to it as much then but once sports came back then i would listen to it you know and it's listen fan in new york and this is how local radio is i think across the country but like you know they'll spend 2 hours on who's the second lefty out of the yankee bullpen and in the pandemic there was sort of something refreshing about that um it felt normal right yeah if i wanted like i don't need the sports talk radio hosts breaking down covid I would go to like Chris Russo for that. Cause I knew it would be so ridiculous <laughs> and absurd on Sirius. So like, that's how I worked it.
5: But, yeah, but Boomer Esiason will go there. He'll, uh, yeah. he's yeah. got, you know, because Boomer is so established. Yeah. He's going to say what he wants to say about that. I, I found that interesting because I hear that show too. You know, I don't, I didn't mind people talking COVID during That April, May, because like that's what I wanted to hear. Yeah. yeah. You know, I didn't want to hear about the Yankees bullpen. I wanted to hear how's everybody doing with this? Is there any news? What's the deal? We were all in New York and like it was ground zero. Like I actually needed facts to see what the heck
3: was going on. Right. So were there any pods or radio shows you got into sports related uh in twenty twenty?
4: The bubble starts with the NBA and There's no football. There's no training camp. There's I'm not into the baseball because I'm just not. And I was like, I haven't watched the NBA closely on a day to day basis, like probably since high school. I got really into the NBA and I really thought it was fun to watch. And I thought with no travel and the focus of these games, I thought the play was really good. Like, I think people don't realize that these guys are on planes four days and five nights and they got these games and they're half-assing Like the bubble, the NBA action was really good and intense. And then I found podcasts that talked NBA, which I would never have listened to. One of them was called pod don't lie. And it was with a comedian, Sam Marill from New York and another mm-hmm. comedian, big Greek guy named Stavros, who I think is from Baltimore really good these guys were great and they would talk nba and then on the ringer there was a guy kevin o'connell who i never yeah o'connor kevin o'connor yeah never listened to i know simmons had him on a few times it just was like he's 10 years younger than me i'm not listening to him he and another guy who i'm going i'm blanking on um had a had a podcast called the mismatch and it was probably two days a week Hmm. and i was that and then jj reddick had a podcast and i would listen to that so I got into the NBA a lot over the summer. And I think once the NBA picks up this week, I might get back into those guys.
3: I'm so grateful for you for mentioning the JJ Reddick pod, because I wanted to mention it. Cause I think I only listened to it once, but I think that's the best podcast NBA podcast name there is out there. The old man and the three is <laughs> a great podcast name. He
4: had, he had Patrick Beverly on and Patrick Beverly is known as this rabble rouser and this instigator. And it was, a former teammate of his and Patrick Beverly is a totally different guy now yeah. to me than when I had I heard him on JJ Reddick. So I thought that podcast was really good. But I, I
5: saw a JJ Reddick on the street the other day. He's a close neighbor. Uh, Wait, his kids close. go to the school, it's just name dropping. Are you, uh, are you
3: allowed to listen to other radio shows besides that? No, Josh? I
5: gotta be honest. You know, I'm in the car on the way to Connecticut. I do podcasts and I'm just going to give a shout out to my nerdy football friends. And <laughs> uh, You know what? people do a nice job the pff guys sam and steve uh who you know jimmy uh cbs will brinson you know what will does every he does six five days a week so if you're looking for like regular football kind of you know and i I can't watch you on tv peter it's because i'm in the car so that's the one for me i love the
3: awkward moment
5: Yeah. yeah 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 no i feel weird and if i don't mention and you know and i don't know and i i do have to give a shout out i'm pretty i'm friends with big cat so part of my take is laugh out loud funny and i'll tell you why part of my take is funny and it's not because individually as comedians but those guys that's chemi- like they support each other's takes and they laugh at each other's jokes in a genuine way. I think that's a good model for how to do a podcast because like they're really like they play off each other's jokes. They also get tremendous guests. Yeah, they have tremendous guests. They have yeah. Blake of the year. And yeah. one of them's not. I think they expanded it to non-Blakes for Blake of the year. Blake Griffin's hysterical. Yeah. Blake Bortles is hysterical. Let me you know. ask you a question
4: about, yeah. about those guys, because this yeah. is an interesting theory. I feel like. Guests on Good Morning Football. We have some of the best guests in the world, and I don't know if the viewers are watching the show for the guests. Nope. You guys on Dan Patrick, you'll get great guests. But then, and nothing against these guys, but then you'll have on Reggie Miller, and it's like, oh, I like listening to Reggie. He's part of the family. He's on so often. Like I know what I'm getting. When the part of my take guys have on a big guest, is that ever worth listening to, or do you like it more when it's just the two of them talking and bullshitting? Well, I like. Thing, uh, it, sorry, person, I like. I
3: li- Go ahead.
5: I personally like the intros and the familiar guests. I think you hit on an important thing. And I think there's actually some background. Like I've seen radio research, guests, especially if it's a current athlete who's going to be afraid to say something, people turn the dial on that. That's why a a retired athlete might be better because they're not afraid to say something. So I think that's
3: what you're getting at. Sorry, Jim. No, no. I was just going to say the issue with the guests is the guest has to come to play. Yes. So. You can have an A-list guest who does a shitty interview. You can have a C-list guest who's hysterical. Like when Blake Griffin goes on part of my take, he comes to play and he's hysterically funny on there. But you can get a situation where like Matthew McConaughey, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, did the media did, he literally did every radio show and podcast in America. I, I think the only pod he didn't do was the SI Media podcast. Was, <laughs> he, on, was he on Dan Patrick? No, he wasn't. Now, oh, he's shit. been on many times before. He right.
5: wasn't for this tour.
3: But he did, like, 5,000 interviews in a two-week span. I don't understand the value in having that person on. That's just me. Like, Go I – I, I listen, if they well, would have come to me, I would have had him on because, like, Matthew – like, S.I. would have been impressed by that. But, like – I would not have been into that interview on any level because I know he's done 5,000 interviews. And at that point, what's the point?
5: But familiarity is a big thing too. Like for example, Paul Rudd's amazing everywhere. Like one of those segments I saw where he was on your show, Peter, and he knows the show. That's like the best, you know. It's
4: so good because he knows us, he knows the rhythms. And then he references shows that he was not on of our show, which validates us. You know, it's like, I was watching three weeks ago and Kyle said this and we're like, oh, that's hilarious. I would not to throw it right back at you, but one of the coolest experiences I've had in the last few years is I'm in studio at Dan Patrick and Adam Sandler is chilling there and he's yeah. doing two segments. And the connection you guys have with Sandler makes it so much cooler than just Adam Sandler doing a press junket and showing up on Dan Patrick.
3: Right. That's the key right there.
5: Yeah. But the, uh, it also, is, what do you yeah. think of current athletes, Jimmy? Like for example, a guy, say he's 24, he's three years in the league. Like, I would have Sam Darnold or somebody like, you know, they're not going to say anything because they can't.
3: Right. Yeah. I mean, they're not, you got to get the athletes who have some personality. Um, Like I bet Juju's a fine interview because he probably will say some things, but you know, you got to develop a rapport and some sort of relationship and then, you know, they're not going to, they're still, if they're a current player, they're just, they're going to be very limited in what they say
4: unless they're a made man, like, I think there's a good rule. And again, I'm abandoning good morning football because we'll have on a lot of the young guys to kind of give them a platform to showcase their personalities in football when they're wearing masks. It's hard, but a good rule of thumb I think would be either got to be in the league five years or more, or you got to be over the age of 30 before you're going to be coming on for an eight minute segment on the radio. Otherwise
3: I'll kiss your ass for a little bit though. But what I like about what you guys do at good morning football is you will have on players may not be an A-list guy, may not even be a B-list. You know, you'll have on these players who are maybe unknowns. And then you can see who's got a good personality, who doesn't. You guys have had on guys who, like, I just know the name, and then they come on, and I'm like, oh, that guy's funny, that guy. Yeah.
4: I'd rather have Jamal Williams, who's a huge personality on the Packers, who might be your fourth fantasy running back. I would much right. rather have him than Drew Brees,
3: right. honestly. Right. No, I totally get it.
0: I totally get it.
2: On the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcast. Or wherever you get your podcast.
3: Um Sports Pods, is sports radio. That's what we were talking about. I I've lost my train of thought on that. Um that was good stuff. And as always, I listen I watch good morning football every morning, unlike Andrew. So let's my just God. get that established.
5: Wait, um, I'm in the car and I'm, I'm doing kidding.
3: my own show, which is again, g-
5: why do you watch the Dan
3: Patrick show on the Peacock? Oh, good question. What? Because I don't get the peacock.
5: Well, I'm going to come to your house in Long Island and we're going to download Peacock. You're going to give me the
3: cock?
4: (laughs) Yeah. stop.
3: Stop. It's on the peacock. Stop. All right. Oh give me gosh. give me some underrated people in sports media who you've enjoyed in 2020 who don't get not, you know, not Joe Buck and not. Is there anybody like, you know, Orlovsky's is a big guy that everyone talks about. Is there anyone like you say, like, that guy's good, that guy? Wait, wait.
5: So Orlovsky is like he he wouldn't be underrated because he's rated pretty highly. You're he's saying? getting rated. now. He's pretty rated right
3: now. He's
4: pretty uh, rated. Here, you think- go first. Okay, that's interesting because I would say Orlovsky is a stud. I love watching his stuff. Yeah. But I also – I don't watch him on TV. It's ESPN. I'm not watching it. But I like his stuff on Twitter. So I'm like, all right, he's going to break down a play on Twitter, which is such a different way to look at it. Like I don't I don't watch the competitor in the morning get up, and I am so footballed out that I'm probably not watching, you know, Dominique Foxworth or whoever else on NFL you Live. You can point is our
3: a Fox guy who's on like a pregame show who's good, who you like, who, you know. Yeah,
4: so – you know, it's interesting to me, underrated, it's, it doesn't necessarily we're, we're have to be. We're flying
3: under the radar in a way. Yeah.
4: And it doesn't have to necessarily be a guy that is an ex-player or somebody. So like Charles Davis joined Ian Eagle this year in the Good booth one. and Charles Davis and Kevin Burkhart were always great on Fox. I find myself laughing out loud at Charles and Ion's back and forth yeah, and they're man. a first year team. And I know Ian Eagle gets a lot of credit and everyone loves Ian Eagle in the media in a weird way and nothing against Dan Fouts, Charles Davis is like picking up his references. So this past week, and we're talking about week 15. Oh, I know. uh, You know, Charles Davis is like, that's a where's the beef uh, formation with three offensive linemen. And out of nowhere, Ian Eagle's like, shout out to Clara Piller. And I Googled uh, the
3: name instantly. Yeah. She's the old lady
4: from the where's the beef commercial. And the two of these guys, they did a Queens gambit bit back when it was Cardinals bills in that Hail Mary game. Like, And they're, they're on it. They're, they're like talking Beth Harmon. Like that's a broadcast to me. That is everyone says, Oh yeah, I love Charles Davis. I love Ion Eagle, but like to watch the broadcast from start to finish, you're like, okay, these guys are speaking a language and they actually really like each other. I think that's a cool watch.
3: This, this isn't for this podcast, but it's, we'll get into it in 2021. But the most fascinating sports media storyline of 2021 is going to be the Jim Nance contract situation Yeah, because you would think CBS would never let him leave, but they have Iron waiting in the wings And if Ian became the top guy, America is going to fall in love with him because he is so funny and so natural. And he's not one of, he's not, you know, a stuffy sort of sports media person. And um, what's interesting about the Charles Davis thing that you brought up, let me plug the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. Ian was on before the NFL season started and said like he, because of COVID, he was not able to meet. Charles mm. Davis in person. They weren't able to go out to dinner before the season started. They weren't able to uh, do a practice game. They got thrown in together with COVID with, you know, basically meeting each other when they did the game. So the fact that they've already developed chemistry is good. That's,
5: um, that's a big Charles Davis. I mean, Peter, you know, he's like a famous diva. One of the biggest. In so the high maintenance. Yeah. He's so high maintenance. Itself. People are going to think you're serious, just so you know. If they're not watching. Uh, no, on no one has ever met Charles Davis will think of that. By the way, I and Eagle used to do Nets games with Mark Jackson. It is. It was Seinfeld funny. I am yeah. not exaggerating. The two have nothing in common whatsoever, and they picked off each other. And it was a two hours of comedy in Brendan Byrne Arena. It was
3: my favorite telecast ever. So, and by the not way, to, not to not to yeah. brag about being older than you, but I'm yeah. so much older than you that I remember Ian doing the games at Raftery. Now, you, yeah, if, wow. you think, if you think if you think Ian Eagle and Mark Jackson are funny together, yeah, Ian oh. and Raftery.
4: Yeah, and those were and those and this is before Vince Carter and Jason Kidd. I'm with Jimmy here. Those were terrible Nets teams. Oh yeah, And, so and Ian and Raf were great. Michael Ian Coren. used to do the Jets games on the radio, and I would be going to traveling yeah. soccer uh, all over the East Coast, and I'd listen to the Jets games. He was the voice of the Jets on Fan.
5: Can I give a my underrated by the way? Yes, please. I was waiting. And you're for you're it. never going to guess it. It's a it's a former quarterback who does have a big platform. You know who says really smart things and is covers it up with a somewhat goofy delivery. Chris Sims' draft profiles are fire, actually. He predicted Josh Allen. He predicted Lamar Jackson. He gets every quarterback right, but he's such a, he's such a nice guy and he's so non confrontational that nobody realizes that Chris Sims is really like Orlovsky's smart. I love Orlovsky too, but I think like Chris Sims is a little bit underappreciated as a football analyst because everyone just likes him and he does, you know,
4: he's in Phil's shadow
3: sometimes. What do you think? That's a good choice. I like that.
5: And Chris is
4: great. And I like Chris that. has worked at this for a while. I'm going to throw in another one here. And it's like, you're like, what? Like middle-aged white guy doing a highlight show. But I, I, Chris Rose on the NFL Network oh. does a wrap-up show on Sunday nights that is never going to have a commercial about it. There's never going to be much talk about it. It's not going to win any awards from Richard Deitch or any of the other sports media guys. <laughs> but it is an hour-long highlights show of the NFL that the week that was and it does top 10 catches and it does top 10, uh, top 10 dazzling plays. And Chris, it's just him. And it's like, I don't know, there's something for that. And I, i maybe I'm an older generation where I don't need all the highlights on my phone and I'm not staring at my phone all day, but like, I might miss the Colts Titans game. And I, I just think there's a place for a standard hour long highlight show that is not a lot mm. of crazy analysis and no crazy fluff.
3: Yeah, I'm old. I, I see all the highlights by eight o'clock, so I'm good to go.
5: But
4: uh, wait. I, I,
3: I like that. That's a good shout out there because that's an underrated. Go ahead, bro.
5: One more. I don't think he's underrated. Because he's highly rated. But Lewis Riddick's so good on Monday Night Football. Why would that dude want to be the Lions GM? I'm just saying that Like, it's hard to be good in that booth. And I feel like he's got it. So why, why I, be a GM in a team that can never get it together?
4: I think I'm, that's a big misconception by people at home, too, that the GM is like the end all be all. And we know... I, I could be candid with you guys. There was rumors of that I might be the Jets GM last year that came oh, yeah. out, in the, and it wasn't true, and I've denied it, and it was never. It was positioned the wrong way, but I, I truly, genuinely mean this. I don't. I would rather do my job that I do, that I love, that I've worked my whole career for, than be a general manager. Now, Louis Riddick, he was a front office guy, but yeah. he's been on TV for five, six, seven, eight years. To me, I agree. I think the Monday night gig is pretty awesome if they're going to give him a long-term deal. like I almost feel like that's a more secure, more high-profile, and maybe a more rewarding job unless you really want to be a GM.
3: The problem with him, though, is he knows, if he's, if, he, if he's aware, he knows in the back of his head that he can get blown out at any second. As soon as Peyton Manning Ooh. says he wants a job, Lewis Riddick is out the door. That's all it takes. All it takes is for Peyton Manning to make one phone call and say, I'm ready to broadcast, and Lewis Riddick has no job. But I, I mean, like he think was- he'll have a job, but he doesn't have that job.
5: I think he's really I think he's so good that he'll land in a good spot. That's because if Peyton Manning takes that job then some other job. The other thing about Peyton Manning, by the way, they're saying like th- what is thirty million dollars when you're paying two billion dollars for rights? So I would shell out that money from you mentioned Nance. I'd shell out that Nance money. Well Romo
3: be- got Romo got seventeen million yeah. at the beginning of the year. So Peyton yeah. will probably get twenty.
5: I think that's a bargain for Peyton. And I think whatever they pay Nance is a bargain because I don't think Tony Romo's worth seventeen without Nance there. Although you're Good, good point, Ian Eagle be great, but Nance
3: you know, makes Romo we, so much Nance, Yeah, Nance does a hundred things for that. He's the face of the network, does yeah. the Masters, does the tournament. You the, know. the
4: CEO of Zoom probably made a lot of money and had great timing on this whole thing. Tony Romo signed his new deal when we were at the NFL Combine, which I think was March 5th. Tony Romo signed a $17 million a year long-term deal, 5 10 days before the world shut down with COVID. It is (laughs) the most incredible timing of any deal you'll ever see in sports broadcasting.
3: I remember, I think the last pod I did was like a pod with Marshan about the contract. And that was the last pod in studio before we got you know, kicked out of the offices because of COVID. Um, There's something I wanted to mention. By the way, are we
5: allowed to do our power rankings of media reporters? Because I have- Go for it. Neil Bass, Marshawn, Jim Miller, you,
3: Deitch. I wouldn't put myself in there, but go ahead. Yeah, go, <laughs> no, give me, give I could never, are you,
5: I would never. I'm a John it. Orand guy. I think oh, he's John got Orand. the goods. See, we could. Nobody could ever rank those guys. You can't rank media reporters because you want to stay on the media reporters' good side. Katie. So,
3: Katie Nolan made a great point on this podcast when I had her on once, and she said like, there needs to be a person who covers the people who cover sports <laughs> yeah, media. That's funny. <laughs> like, yeah. who's covering Marshawn and Deitch and me? Yeah. By the way, you talk about point?
5: like guests. Like if you have Marshan on your pod, Jimmy, I listen to your pod. I'm like, oh, I gotta listen to whatever Marshan's gonna say. Yeah. Then you can have like some huge
4: A-list star promoting a book. I'm like, eh, fast forward.
3: Yeah, yeah, I don't. I try not to put those people on. He
4: gets good scoops, and I feel like he was the Yankees beat reporter for so long, and then it just jumped into this beat and is like, all right, I'm gonna own this beat. Like he had a good yeah. year, man.
3: Yeah, he gets he gets the scoops. How's um, how's
5: your buddy Deitch doing up in uh, Toronto? Everything. I was on his
3: there? podcast this week, uh, last week, last week. So yeah, it was he's doing good. All right, he there. lives yeah. in
4: Toronto full time, not New York.
3: Yeah, he moved there like a, maybe over a year ago. Yeah, um, here's a question for you. You both know a lot of athletes because of your shows. You DP gets great guests. Good Morning Football, and just as a reporter, you give me an athlete. Doesn't have to be from your sport, or it could be. Give me an, a current athlete who you want to see make the transition into sports media when they're done playing, who you think would be great on TV. All
4: right. So I'll go first here. I I think when you see um, a Drew Brees sign a deal with NBC and everyone says, Oh, that's obvious. I look at it and I'm knocking breezes. I, I haven't, I've, I haven't heard Brees say many introspective or enlightening or things that are any different than some of these other ex quarterbacks yet, Whether you like him or not, and a lot of people in the NFL do not, Aaron Rodgers, when he goes on with Pat McAfee, says things. He says things that are interesting. He says things that are funny. He says things that are weird. I'm not treating him like he's Barkley, like I'm going to give you this crazy take and be this outward personality. But I think it's a different kind of voice in the NFL. And, you know, I know the networks are lining up Mm. for the breeze and the rivers and, whoever Brady, of course, if he wants to do it, but I think Rogers might be the most unique voice because mm. I think he's like a truly, truly different type of thinker. I, I would say the, Rogers to me the and the McAfee with that, stuff though, is great.
3: The problem with that though, is he's already said he has no interest in going into the sports media.
4: We don't know that. You don't know. I, that.
3: I'm just saying what he, that's what he said. I'm saying that's what he said.
4: These guys are going to own their own platforms at some point. Like Russell Wilson to me, I no interest. Like I, and I love Russell. I think he's All a right. great guest and he's a great ambassador for the sport, but. I watch enough interviews where I'm like, okay, Russell's awesome for what he is. Rodgers, I'm watching an interview. You have no idea where it's going.
3: I agree with but, that. I'm just saying he's made it clear that he hates the media and he has no interest in being a part of the media. So I, it's a, it, I'd it's it, i like to see it happen, but I think it's going to be tough to get your wish on that. That's all but, I'm saying. Go ahead, Andrew.
5: Peter, you're presenting it like a hot take. You're like, I'm going to pull this name out. You're not going to believe this. Uh, the third best quarterback in the history of the game who's incredibly funny in every interview. Of course, Aaron Rodgers would be amazing. I'm curious <laughs> what you guys think about, and I don't think he would do it, but how do you think Brady would be as an announcer? And keep in mind, Romo never said, Anything in his playing days. See, my he was an- the
3: driest interview of all time. My answer to this question would be Brady because I think one, he's the greatest quarterback of all time, so there's an instant credibility there. If Romo was able to do what he did in the transition from quarterback to announcer, can you imagine what Brady could do? And you know, if you listen to him on that with that two hour interview with Howard Stern, like he has a personality, he chooses yeah. not to show it, but he's got a personality, and you know. I, th- I thought we'd see more of Brady's personality when he got away from Belichick. I thought Belichick sort of, you know, mm. would keep the shackles on him a little bit, but we haven't seen it. And it's been like, listen, they're, they're, they're having a good year. I don't think they're having a great year as people expected given how loaded they are on offense. So maybe, you know, Brady's keeping some stuff bottled in there, but I think if he ever let loose, he'd easily be the number one guy I'd want to see do it. You know, a lot of people call in and
5: write in, they want to see Phillip rivers, do it. Yep. He's got, he's a hot name with us. Um, you know, I, is Richard Sherman already considered a media member? I don't even know where he falls. He's <laughs> a so right for SI.com. Man. I mean, he is so like he's, you know, he opines like a media member. He's But I, I wonder, a guy like that, should he go on to the uh, an ESPN show like Orlovsky and have to comment every day or should he do a game? Like what's the best spot for him, a pregame show like Nate? I, I'm kind of curious because I think like he's so strongly opinionated. I'm not sure what the best way to use that.
4: Pregame show. Because the opinions, the opinion, there's no one wants to hear your opinion when you're calling a game. We want to hear your insights, but I don't think we want that to be your, your moment to, you know, wax poetic on the players union. Um, I would say what's interesting about Brady is that I think he has a great desire to be a media mogul of his own. Like we saw the Tom versus time. I, I, I believe, and I don't know if it's announced he's, got a production deal with one of the networks, like for something in the works. I don't know which one. I don't remember. But I remember when all this stuff was happening, like I was curious if he was filming the free agency stuff because I thought he might be turning it into a show. Like, I don't know if he wants to be the face of a media thing, but he is very interested in the way that sports media works and media for a guy who... You know, for for some of his stuff is funny. And I like the fact he did the Paul Rudd show and he's like stretching his legs a little bit, but he's pretty, pretty much guarded for the most part.
3: Now, one thing is, you know, we're falling into the trap where we're all mentioning the quarterbacks, Rogers and Brady. But like I wrote about it this week, I'm sure, Peter, you probably have opinions on it because he's working for your company. But like Akeem Talib was unbelievable doing that eagle well you and pearl if you're an eagles fan so you probably listen yeah the
5: we game. had uh, a keep was on the dan patrick show today he was oh, really hysterical oh yeah he was great give was... me so more universally
4: jimmy i saw your article and pearl yeah. you had him on the show universally that was your take i got a lot of texts from eagles fans saying this is this is really tough for me to watch who is this doing the game not knowing it was a Talib because it was so different than what you usually get
5: and that yeah. is what i like yeah. It felt like he was right off the field too. Like I felt like he was going <laughs> to yeah, run yeah, down yeah. and like double cover yeah. DeAndre Hopkins yeah. at some point. Um, you know, one name I want to ask about, and this is maybe gets some inside info here. I don't know if the full story's out. I really wanted Jay Cutler. And, yeah, I got, I got info. Yeah. What happened? So he went back to the dolphins and then why didn't he come back? And why isn't he in a booth? Like they could yeah. use him.
4: I'll open up my, my bag of stories right now. So wh- who was it who – something? it was, I guess, the number two guy? I don't know what he was, was supposed going to do out. the games
3: with Burkhart.
4: Yes, but who was leaving or something happened where – John was Lynch. Ch- no, 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 no. Was it John Lynch? Yes. Last, John Lynch, was, yeah. John Lynch Niner took the GM job. Yeah. Yes. And it was this big question of who's going to do it. Is Charles Davis going to get the job? Is Chris Spielman going to get the job? Because Burkhart is your number two play-by-play. I remember – being in a conversation with a bunch of Fox executives when I was out there on a Sunday and Cutler's name coming up and everyone said, oh, like rolling their eyes and me saying, it's worth inquiring. I don't know if he's got many years left in his football days. And it happened pretty quickly that they met with him, believe Burkhart met with him also. And he was apparently great. Then Gase loses Tannehill to a knee injury in August. And from what I gather, without much debate, Cutler just goes right to the Dolphins. I don't think there was much of a farewell for Fox or an opportunity to match. Mm-hmm. It was like 10 million a year versus whatever he was going to make as a broadcaster. And then by that point, he finishes the year with the Dolphins. He has the reality show with his wife. He kind of goes off, you know, the football radar. And now we are three years removed. He's single. I, I would be interested in hearing from Cutler. Wouldn't you? See here, this is where
3: I know you guys have this, we've talked about this many times off, you know, these things, there are certain people that people love and you just don't get colors. That guy for me, like, I don't get it. I don't have this <laughs> desire to hear him. I don't get what's special, funny, entertaining. Like I don't get anything about you. i watched the reality show. Like he just seems like he stands there and doesn't say anything. Like I don't get it. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm not saying he wouldn't be a hit in the booth. I'm not saying he wouldn't be good in the. Bo- I'm saying I don't get it. But that's just me on Jay Cutler.
4: I actually, I actually think a year out of the league, Cutler would have been really good because he was fresh with all the personalities and he would tell stories. And I think he doesn't. He's not a. He's. He's not politically inclined to not share stories. Like I think he doesn't give a shit. So he would well, say that Would stuff. be good. But now three years out of the league and not knowing all the young quarterbacks and having no relationship with Baker Mayfield or Lamar Jackson, I don't know if that moment has passed. Yeah. Hey, as long as we're getting inside
5: info from you, Peter, how long is Troy going to stay in the booth, and is he going to go to a team at some point? Because he said on the Dan Patrick Show last year that his desire is to be an executive at some point very soon. I didn't know uh, that was last year he said that. I don't and know Troy. Troy is love- amazing, but I think that he might want to run a team at some point.
4: Yeah, I've never heard that. I'm actually very friendly with Troy. I've never heard that. He's never advanced that beyond what he probably told you guys. But, you know, when you see a John Lynch get that opportunity, I am sure all these guys are such competitors. They're like, well, wait, John Lynch just led a team to the Super Bowl? Like, I could maybe do that. I don't know. Um, but Troy's really good in the booth this Thursday night and Sunday, and I think he's having more fun with Joe this year than ever before. Like, they're really good. I think it would take a major, major opportunity for him to ever leave that. And that includes – you know, NFL, college, whatever it is, you know. I didn't, well, there's
5: one team that obviously would fit for him. I mean, come on, he uh, could join the Cowboys at some point in some. As capacity. what?
4: If you're Troy Aikman, you're not leaving unless you have full control and you're.
3: Right. The yeah, guy. that's the problem. He's
5: like, Oh, when Witt head Jones. coach
3: in two years. Yeah. Yeah, but J- Troy doesn't want to listen to Jerry Jones. Um, this was a good, good way to wrap it um, because. We've covered a lot and people have to go celebrate the new year. <laughs> give, let me give you guys, before we, we say goodbye to 2020, um, any media people you want to shout out, either for being good Twitter followers, uh, for, you know, people to follow on Twitter, I mean, anyone who's, I don't know, made a video you found entertaining, anyone who's done any uh, show you for any last minute, you want to kiss someone's ass in media, Shout this is impossible anything. because I mean, if we leave it. our friends right, off, if we leave our friends off, we're doomed. All right. So then don't do it. I'm just giving you the floor. I'm giving you the floor before we say goodbye. So you don't want the floor. That's fine. You don't have to have the floor.
4: The floor I'll, is good. Uh, I got nothing. I got to no, I I right. be honest. After this year, which was crazy, and mm. I went from being on the road every weekend to now being on my couch, to being in the studio every day, to now being in my couch. I got to be honest and I'll be earnest about it. I'm grateful for anyone who watches either Good Morning Football or Fox NFL kickoff because it was a lonely, weird year without working with my colleagues in person. And I think the folks on Twitter and the people who actually text and do all this stuff like goes a long way. And I just cannot wait till we can all be back to normal next year. I'd like to give a shout out to you two,
5: my old friends, my (laughs) dear friends. Can we edit this part out? Jimmy, there's no need. Can you see this work? Well, you guys did help get me to the beginning part, the text in the beginning part of the pandemic. Someday I'm going to publish it in a book. It was a combination of humor, panic. What
4: do we do now? I was asking you for life advice, bro. Like, do I have to leave Brooklyn because there's there's germs in the, you know, in the Rite Aid store? Like, I didn't know what was going on.
3: (laughs) None of us did. I, we, I don't think people do right now either. I mean, it's still insane no, Do you remember? And I'm
4: not saying it kiddingly because vaccine. who knows where this goes. But like, I would get groceries from curbside, bring them in, and then wash them by hand with a sponge. And I'm, it's, I, I haven't done it in a while. But like, yeah. that was where we were at. I was living yeah. in my own head.
5: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I got it in March and didn't know if I had it. I was like, I think I have it. Did you have and it? I yeah. had it at the end of March. And then I got an antibody test in April, and I was like, well, what if that was wrong? Then I just got, I still have antibodies now, and I still don't know. It's so perplexing. Like, Do you feel I was-
4: invincible that you have the antibodies?
5: Kind of. (laughs) Yeah. But I don't know. I do feel a little invincible. Like, honestly, I got it. I think I was almost lucky that I had a a mild to moderate case because my blood pressure would have been through the roof for the last nine months. So I think I actually added a year to my
3: life by not having a high blood pressure.
5: Tell
4: me where you think you got it. And then also how bad it was. Cause I I, I'm curious. Oh, I I did. Wait, 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 wait,
3: wait. You shouldn't answer this question. Yeah. If you want that information, go listen to Proloff's appearance on the SI media podcast a couple of months ago. We covered it all.
4: Thanks I did the whole thing. Thanks I love both of you. I will listen to it, but now that I've got you.
5: All
3: right, go ahead. Probably. Yeah.
5: No, I'm not gonna do it. No, I, I don't know where I got it, and it was, you know, not too bad. I can't even Get into the symptoms, you know, a little shortness of breath, sore throat, headache. Um, but yeah, in that SI Media Party, there's there's eight minutes where John Oren talks about the future of NFL and Amazon before that led into my heart-wrenching, uh, devastating story Listen, about COVID. John Oren it, it, gave about six minutes on uh, what uh, if, CBS's it, plans are. If we Second learned anything,
3: if we learned anything during 2020, <laughs> it's that the NFL is more powerful than COVID. So the order of that podcast was correct. Yeah, Jimmy is like, I want you to tell your story, of emotional from the
5: heart. But first, here's seven minutes on the MLB. Yeah. Tell me, for tell me in baseball. Tell
4: me how Twitch is going to play a role with the NFL <laughs> that, on Thursday nights. I
3: know, I know, people care way more about the NFL schedule than prolly having COVID. <laughs> <laughs> including myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you were asking me. What did Oran say? Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. What did oran yeah. say about uh, Twitch? Uh,
3: all right. Well, I appreciate you guys coming on and doing this. And uh Happy New Year 2021. I think we are all waiting for 2021 in the worst yep. way. Um Shragel will be sleeping by 10. Yep. Proloff will make it maybe to midnight. And yep. uh fast forwarding through a show that uh <laughs> we just started. So I appreciate you guys coming on. Happy New Year. Stay safe. And hopefully we will actually see each other in twenty twenty one. Thanks for having us yeah. on, Jimmy. Yeah. Awesome right. stuff as always. Thanks, Bye. Jimmy. Thanks, Thanks Peter. Guys. Happy New Year, guys. Bye guys. All right. Thanks. All right, that wraps up this episode of the SI Media Podcast and the SI Media Podcast for 2020. We finally say goodbye to this horrific year. Hopefully 2021 is better. Again, want to thank everyone out there who's listened throughout the year. I appreciate it. It means a lot. If you're not a subscriber, please try to subscribe. And if you get any downtime, check out past episodes. Uh Schrager and Perloff were on last week for part one of this year-end roundtable. Chris Russo on a few weeks ago, Mike Treco and Steve Kornacki, and Chris Long as well, recent guests. So give those a listen, subscribe. And again, thanks for listening in 2020. Have a happy, healthy new year, and uh, we'll see you in 2021 when hopefully things get better right here on the SI Media Podcast. Take care.